and welcome to the Unveiled Podcast, where we discuss all things related to women to help us think Christianly in all areas of life. I'm Sandy, and I'm here with Susie, and we both have a passion to bring biblical reform to womanhood. My training is in education and music, and Susie's expertise is in biblical counseling, theology, and ministry to women. We've been studying Proverbs 31 for a while, and today we're going to look at verse 27, and it says, She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. And the New Living Translation says, She watches carefully everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. This woman is aware of her family's needs before they're articulated. She serves her family well. And as our culture is incredibly self-centered, self-focused, and very much directed toward feeding our fleshly desires for attention, comfort, and pampering, we see that this is in direct uh, contrast to the teaching in the Bible. We see an example in Mark chapter 10, verses 43 to 45, where Jesus teaches that whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Susie, what are some areas of self-centeredness that you see as our major hindrance to women in the church? Well, absolutely. I uh, unfortunately do see this a lot. When we think about a woman who looks well to the ways of her household, um, I think we have to admit that there is easily a pride that rises up in women and even women that are in the church. I think we've all been very deeply affected by feminism. Feminism is an ideology of womanhood that is rooted in self rather than rooted in God's creation. I think God deeply cares for women and he has given women a beautiful and purposeful identity and mission. But feminism has decided that God's plan is inferior. So um, when we think about an ism, we have to realize that it's a system or an ideology that um, really is a, a belief system, right? It's it's a movement to bring about change and usually, usually appears to be a good thing. It's... Um, a collective of thought, and it has an intention to bring about a greater good. And so usually these ideologies are well accepted, they can be popular. But the problem is when these ideologies are founded in self rather than in God, um, they become very destructive. And that's where feminism has failed. Uh, the first wave of feminis- feminism was really about abolition and women's suffrage, which seems like a good thing, but then women weren't satisfied with that. And so it led to the second wave of, of feminism, which was focused on liberating women from their roles as housewives. It focused on fighting for equal pay. Of course, at this time, also Roe v. Wade came in and the whole sexual freedom movement. And so we can just very quickly see how this is very dangerous and destructive. And then the third wave of feminism called for more sexual freedom and intersectionality. And essentially, it wanted to promote the inclusion of anyone, except anyone for who they are and what they want to be. And then the fourth wave wave of feminism, it led to this extreme gender confusion and uh, the, the place where 
we blame white men for everything. White men are the problem of all of life. And so we've seen how feminism that initially appeared to be fighting for good things really has led to such a destructive thing. Uh, women were never satisfied with with one thing. They, they wanted more. And I think with each wave of feminism, when they got what they wanted, they felt entitled and selfish and and then they weren't satisfied. They're like, oh, we won this. Let's look for more. Let's ask for more. We want more freedom. And it, it very quickly became a very emotional movement. And the movement was really all about self. And what happened is that feminism became a god. And the god of feminism was power and self-fulfillment. You see, that's where it's so dangerous because it's so focused on self and taking care of your own needs and rising to the top. It's it's so selfish. Whereas femininity is different. Femininity is something that God created. It's who we are. We're created in the image and likeness of God. And we're created to bring him glory specifically as women. So when we ask what is a woman, we say a woman is created by God. And she's created to reflect his image to a world that um, she does in a way that is specifically to her design as a life giver and a nurturer. Those are things that God has given to us. The very shape of our body, the hormones in our body are specifically feminine and they make us unique from a man. Uh, you can cut off the breasts of a female, but she will still be female. And because she has been designed to be a life giver and a nurturer. She's designed to be a mother. It's part of God's plan to sustain his creation. Of course, we recognize that not all women are able to have children, but her very design is for that. And uh, so we have to recognize that that's part of our femininity. And we recognize that she is unique to a man and she's been given a role that is unique to men. Um, if she is married, she is called to be a wife and to represent the gospel to the world in her role as a wife. Marriage is an earthly union, and it very clearly demonstrates the gospel when the husband and wife each play their roles. And in marriage, the husband is called to love, uh, love his wife as Christ has loved the church. And Ephesians 5 talks about this, how he is called to be sacrificial, to give himself up for her, to nurture her, and to love her as his own body. And the wife is called to submit to her husband. She's called to respect him. And this is not an inferior role, but it's a role that they together serve God and live on mission for the Lord together. And so the wife comes alongside her husband and helps him in his mission to glorify God. And this union is an unending union, just like our relationship with Christ is. And so in any marriage, there is a need for repentance. There's a need for forgiveness. And as we do that, it demonstrates the gospel. But we have very different roles. And as wives, we shouldn't feel inferior because of it, but just embrace it, recognizing we've been designed for that. And we need to recognize that we're not designed to blaze our own trail, but to be a beneficial helper to our husbands if we are married. And ultimately, it's not about living on mission so that he can be selfishly living his own mission, 
but he's on mission for God. And as he's on mission for God, we are coming alongside and helping that. So it's not about him. It's about the glory of God. And so we have to be very careful because feminism is very self-seeking. And as Christian women, we have embraced a lot of feminism without even realizing it. And I think there's a lot of women that are a lot more influenced by it than they are influenced by God's word because they're thinking more and being more involved in what the world says about womanhood than they are actually in God's word. They're very quickly offended. And we have to recognize that our goal in life is not to be noticed and to be affirmed and told how amazing we are. Whereas feminism will say, rise to the top, get as much affirmation as you can and make sure that everybody knows that you can do whatever you want and that you can do everything that a man can do. It's so selfish. And because of that, women are not satisfied to be their husband's helper. They want to be better and greater than their husband. It's it's a lie that feminism is about equality. It's actually about rising to the top. And so when women aren't able to rise to the top when they aren't the star of the show. Even in a Christian home, very often they tend to feel sorry for themselves. Um, they feel sorry when, for themselves when they haven't achieved that better than status. They want to be the favorite parent. They want to be the best spouse. They want to be recognized as as the woman that they are without actually fulfilling their roles. And I think... Uh, many people believe um, believe feminism when feminism says that their role at home is inferior and because they earn less if they're working at home, that that's somehow less than and they're not as important or not as powerful. And so they look to their husband and they say, oh, he's, he's earning a lot of money. I want to be like him. In fact, I want to earn equal pay to him. I want to earn as much. And I think husbands and wives can equally contribute because there are uh, there is that aspect of some men, they do use their money as power and they believe that they're more powerful, not because God has given them a role to be leaders, but because they're the breadwinners of their home. And it's almost like they hold it over their wife's head. And that's wrong too. But as women, we have to refuse to accept the lie that if we make less than our husbands financially, that we are somehow inferior. That's a lie. We want to be contributing equally, but that doesn't mean that we are need to make equal money. And I think sometimes uh, women get caught up in the concept of money because there's so many things that we want, so many material possessions that we want. So we want a certain style of home. We want a certain amount of glamour and rest and um we get so caught up in in stuff and in money and the status that money gives us so that when we don't have it, maybe when we sacrifice because we are stay-at-home moms, somehow we become dissatisfied with that. And it's such an interesting concept because here we are as wives, we've sacrificed financially so we can stay at home with our children and and be their main disciplers, which is such an awesome role and it's such a great privilege uh, that takes a lot of time and effort. And somehow we think that going on more vacations and having more spending money is more important. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is, it, it doesn't even make sense mm -hmm. if we actually take time to think about it. And so we have to be careful there. 
uh, I think women very easily feel sorry for themselves. Uh, I will say I have seen a bit of a shift and I see that there's more women over the last number of years embracing the home life. I think there's some popular social media influencers that promote homesteading or farming and, and mothering and they, they, they promote this as a good thing. And these are good things, which I think has, you know, um, helped women to value uh, those roles once again. But we have to be careful here too, because if we're gaining our love for family or farming or homesteading from social media influencers, we're probably gaining our love for these things with the wrong motivation because social media can easily make these things look very glamorous and they can become uh, these uh, things that drive us for perfectionism and for the outward appearance that everything looks good and perfect. When meanwhile, at home, we know that not everything is good and perfect and, and running smoothly all the time, right? So we have to be careful here. I think um, it can easily shift from having an, an idol of wanting to be a career woman or financially affluent to being shifting and the idol all of a sudden becoming becomes wanting to be the goddess of our home life. Uh, either way, we're worshiping the wrong thing. Uh, we have to be careful that we're not idealistic women and that we have this idea that we have to have perfect homes like what we see on social media. Uh, as much as, hey, we might get some creative ideas and some encouragement on social media, Social media is only a very small glimpse into what actually happens into these influencers' lives. So just be careful there that you're not worshiping the wrong thing. So once again, what it really comes down to is, are you a worshiper of God or, sorry, are you a worshiper of God or are you a worshiper of yourself? And no matter what we're doing, we have to make sure that our identity, our mission, our purpose comes from Christ and not from what we do. And so uh, one of the ways that we can assess this is if we are uh, a woman who spends most of her time working from home and um, we can easily see if we're doing it for the wrong reason, right? Because the reality is it's very unlikely that if we are married, our husband's going to come home and say, thank you, dear, for sitting on the couch half your day to nurse our baby. Well done. You've worked so hard. Or that he's going to come home and say, thank you, honey, for cleaning the toilet today. (laughs) Or, wow, you did a great job cleaning the windows. So much of our work at home will go unnoticed. And they're not going to come and thank us for it. And the reality is they probably won't say much unless there's something out of order. Like if the toilet is dirty, they might mention it. But they're not going to notice it if the toilet is clean. And that's not to criticize men, but that's... That's how life works. There's a lot of the work that we do that will go unnoticed. And if we're doing it so that we can get the the verbal affirmation and praise and maybe social media attention from our friends or husband or children or whoever it might be, we are sadly going to be left very disappointed. Um, and so many women, I think, do feel disappointed at the end of their day because they haven't become the house goddess Mm -hmm. and and then they feel sorry for themselves and they wonder why their work is unnoticed and why they didn't get the affirmation that they need 
So let's just be careful that we're not idolizing one thing or the other. Ultimately, we want to be women who work hard for the glory of God, whether we get recognition or not. Let's just recognize that God created work. Work is a good thing. Let's be hardworking women. I find it very disturbing and very unattractive when women are lazy, when they sit around at home and have tons of free time. But then as soon as their husband comes home, they expect him to contribute equally to housework. Now, having said that, I do want to affirm that women can be very productive in the home. I had five children in six and a half years. And so I have, I think I have a very good understanding of of how much work goes into the home, right? And how much time it takes to disciple children and to feed children and do laundry. Um, But we can't get caught up in doing it just so that we'll get noticed or get the affirmation. We need to continue to work joyfully, whether we get the recognition or not, recognizing that ultimately we're doing it for the glory of God. And I can also say that most of the time, if we work well, if we disciple our children well, if we do it for the glory of God, if we love our husbands and our children We may not see all the rewards while they're young, but as our children grow up and as we continue in marriage, uh, they will see our faithfulness and they will recognize that and they'll be able to look back and be very, very thankful. But even if they don't, let's remember that our work is meant to glorify God. Let's continue to work well, remembering that our work is worship. It should be done as a holy activity Mm -hmm. unto the Lord. And so whether you get recognition or not, keep doing it with excellence, work hard, and ultimately receive your glory from the Lord. Yeah. I remember when my kids were younger, just all the diapers, all the, all the changing, and it, it did seem so tedious, but um, a godly woman reminded me that even in that, you, are, you can glorify the Lord, even <laughs> in mm-hmm. the dirty diapers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this woman of valor... We see she isn't lazy or distracted by other people's households. And I think you touched on that with the influencers. She doesn't waste time on personal recreation, like napping or reading endlessly or shopping, going to the spa. So do you think we can swing the pendulum in the opposite direction and not pay enough attention to ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. Because, hey, sometimes you might need a nap. And if you need a nap, it's okay. Mm -hmm. When you've got young children at home that might still be getting up throughout the night, you might very well need a nap and that's okay. (laughs) But we shouldn't be spending our whole day Mm -hmm. napping. Or there's times when we need to go to the salon and get our hair done, right? It's totally okay to take care of our bodies and Mm -hmm. to be proper stewards. We don't want to be messy and sloppy. So yeah, absolutely. There's a time for that. And there's a time to to read good books. But if all we're doing is these things, it's probably an indication that we're actually trying to escape from something and find our satisfaction and our contentment in something other than the Lord. But absolutely, we we can work, but we can also find things that rest us and rejuvenate us. Uh, One of the things that I've been thinking about lately as we've started studying the book of Ephesians in our women's Bible study is just how our whole life 
is to be for Christ. Mm-hmm. Like the book of Ephesians, it's just all about in him and for mm-hmm. him and through him and for the praise of his glory. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just filled with that. And it makes mm-hmm. me think that if if we lived that way with that uh, thought at the forefront of our minds, we would live with such intentionality in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are really called to live every moment with him and for him. And I say with him because with him, we want to realize that we are to enjoy him and to enjoy his presence and to be connected to him. And and it's not just all about what we do, right? Yes, we work for him. And so we should be active, but we should also be present yeah. and, and notice his presence in our lives. So I think it goes both ways. Um, as physical beings, I do think we need to recognize that we do need rest from our daily work. And so let's be women who work hard for, and like this, it doesn't have to be exact, right? Like we don't have to necessarily keep track, but Mm -hmm. a regular work day is eight hours and the Bible calls us to work six days, right? God worked for six days and he rested on the seventh. So generally speaking, we should work eight hours a day for six days a week. And then we build in times of rest. And that means we get up every single day, whether we're retired, whether we're a homemaker, whether we work outside the home. We get up every day and we work on purpose. We live on purpose Mm -hmm. to um, build God's kingdom. And that means we have to be thoughtful. We have to be thoughtful about how we're going to spend our day. We have to be thoughtful about how we care for our bodies and how we look. We have to be thoughtful about getting proper rest. And the reality is, if you've been working hard, you're not going to feel guilty for taking time to rest, to sit down and read that book or to go have a bath or Mm -hmm. uh, to go for a walk or to take a nap. If you know you've been working hard, you're not going to feel guilty about it. You're only going to feel guilty if you've been doing that all day, yeah. every day. And so we have to take care for care of our, our physical bodies. And sometimes that means going to get a massage or going to the chiropractor. I went to the chiropractor this afternoon to get my back adjusted, right? And that's okay. It's a good thing. We want to take care of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And it should be refreshing to us as well. But it's not about getting the princess treatment, right? Being doted on and being lazy. No, we want to be on mission, And ultimately, we do that so that we can live for the praise of his glory. So ask yourself in whatever season you're in, whether you're a full-time career woman, whether you're you're a mom of young children, whether you're a homemaker, whether you're retired or whatever stage you're in, Mm -hmm. you've never outgrown work. Work is part of who we are. Mm -hmm. So work hard and then rest well. Mm. Can you explain the difference between rest and idleness? Yeah, um, the Bible uses both of those words, right? Uh, the word idle is, in the Greek, um, can very much mean disorderly or being res- or irresponsible. And so we see that in, in uh, I think it's, is it 2 Thessalonians? I think it is. And it talks and warns against the idle person and it warns against not being that person. In fact, it says if we don't eat, then we shouldn't, or if we don't work, then we shouldn't eat and not to even hang out with the idle person. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty serious, serious mm-hmm. uh, warning. Um, and so we have to take note of that, that that is 
an offense against God if we are idle. Yeah. To be idle means that we are lazy, we're unproductive, we're not accomplishing anything in life. And God does not look approvingly on that. Yeah. So if you are idle, if any of us are, you know, characterized by idleness, we should change that. And we can do that quite easily, first of all, by repenting, and then asking him to help us to live on purpose and on mm -hmm. mission. And then looking around us and seeing what can I do, right? God's greatest commandments is to love God and to love others. So how can I go out and worship God today? How can I go and love on others? And if you're loving on others, I think you're, you're going to have endless work to do. Uh, so really, to be idle is, it's not redemptive. And in fact, I think if you've been idle, it will actually leave you feeling exhausted mm -hmm. and blah, right? We've probably all had days where maybe we're tired and we've been working really hard, but we haven't actually been intentional about rest. And so maybe we just go on a social media binge or on a movie watching binge and we actually feel pretty lousy at the end of that. Like we did it maybe to rest, but we've just wasted so much time on nonsense and we actually feel worse than we did before. I even think a really big sleep in, you feel that yeah. way too. Yeah. yeah. And so then on the other hand, rest, true rest will actually help you be rejuvenated. Mm -hmm. And rest ultimately begins with a right relationship with God, right? We uh, rest from trying to earn our own salvation. And that's what Sabbath rest really is, right? Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, we see that um, Jesus Christ accomplished that for us by dying on the cross for us since so that we no longer have to work for our salvation. So our rest comes and begins in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And once we have that, once we have salvation, we know we've been forgiven. We have peace, right? There's mm. a peace that comes from knowing that we are freed from our sins and we are forgiven. And then we are actually free to find rest in a lot of different ways. And I think different people find rest differently. Um, I think it's important to schedule rest into your week. So find out what brings you rest. My husband finds rest by going home and working on our yeah. farm and in building things, right? Yeah. Uh, that's not rest for me. And someone who's already been working in construction all day might not find that restful. Mm -hmm. But for my husband, who is a pastor who does a lot of teaching and studying and yeah. influencing, uh, thinking about spiritual things and, uh, and people, for him to be able to go and do physical work is rest for him. Alone too. Yeah. 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 And he yeah. does a lot of thinking in that time. Mm -hmm. A lot of spiritual growth happens during that time. And so it's okay that rest looks different. For myself, hey, I like to sometimes just sit down with a good cup of coffee or just to sit down and snuggle with my grandbabies. It was actually kind of funny. Uh my uh, second grandbaby was born in the beginning of June and probably about three weeks in, I had the opportunity to babysit her one night while her parents went out and she fell asleep on my lap and I just sat on the couch the whole time oh. and I thought, you know what, I could put her down and she'd keep sleeping, but I'm enjoying this yeah. and this is just the most beautiful oh, thing I could so be doing sweet. right now. It's so funny. Just a few <laughs> weeks ago, my daughter, she's like, remember that day you sat on the couch for three hours holding Willow? I'm like, yep. And I don't regret it Not at all, right? No, I really don't. No. And it wasn't that I was being lazy, but I was truly enjoying my grandbaby. And as a grandma now, I, I realize how 
fast time goes. And um, I didn't have to be worried about getting this done and that done. No, I could give three hours of my time to enjoy Mm -hmm. my grandbaby. So I enjoy. That's That's restful to me. Uh, Of course, if I had my grandbabies every day, all day, that might be a waste of time. (laughs) All I did was sit on the couch, but I had her three hours. And so I was going to enjoy that. And then, of course, listening to worship music sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I actually feel desperate for worship music, right? Just to to have that fill my soul. And another thing, actually... Um, Aaron and I are going camping in October just for a couple of days, just the two of us together. We had done that last year and it was so refreshing. And we only went away, I think maybe two nights, but after a busy startup in September to go away in October was so valuable. It was good for our souls. It was great for our marriage. Mm. And so we decided to do that again this year. So we're going to do that. Um, another thing I like is riding my bike. I, I think sometimes people don't get it, but to me, when I ride my bike, I have amazing times of worship and it's my own type of therapy. Mm. Right? Like there's, yeah. there's times I've been counseling people, I've been teaching and sometimes my soul is just burdened for yeah. the things that I have been exposed to. And I can't necessarily talk to other people about it because it's not my business. It's someone else's business. And so I have to keep it in my own heart. But then I go get on my bike and I'm like, this is the exact therapy I just needed, right? (laughs) It's a wonderful thing. I love it. It's physically exhausting, but it's spiritually and emotionally refreshing to me. So that might not be the case for everybody. But for me, that's what it is. In fact, I had a uh, quite a day today. Not a bad day. There's a lot of good things that happened. There's intense things that happened. But by the time I finished all the intensity, I was thinking, I can't wait for Saturday when I can ride my bike, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, for me, that's rest. And then, um, okay, so let's just make sure that we are b- committed to both working and resting. Mm-hmm. Work and then rest. That should be our cycle. And then I just want to give some grace as well. I'm, I think often of that mom with that newborn. And I remember back in the day when I was that mom with the newborn. And, and I was often torn because on the one hand, I knew I needed to sit on that couch and nurse my baby and, you know, get my baby to sleep and, and all that. But on the other hand, I'm like, I felt like I need to be productive. I need to show something for the work that I had. So all the moms with their newborn babies, I just want to affirm to you that your most important work is to sit on that couch, to feed your baby, to care for your baby, and then to physically rest and recover yourself. It's a lot of work giving birth and to be up in the middle of the night. So it's okay. Just enjoy this time. And then there might be another woman. Her job might be that she works five days a week. And then on the sixth day, she does housework and gardening and running errands. That's great too. Mm -hmm. And then there might be the mom who works part-time and then is also a parent. You're doing well. Another woman might be serving relentlessly at the church. You're doing well. There might be another woman who's busy working and caring for a sick family member Mm -hmm. and maybe she wishes she could get out and do some other things but if that's where God has called you right now you're doing well Mm -hmm. work heartily as unto the Lord as you do that and know that your work is not going unnoticed even if nobody's saying anything Um, and so whatever season you're in 
Just make sure that you are doing it for the glory of God. You are working hard, not for the praise of man, but for the glory of God. Um, yeah, so once again, just work hard and build in times of refreshing. I think uh, a beautiful passage of scripture is found in in Matthew where he uh, calls us to um, come to him, mm. all who are weary, and I will give you rest, right? Found in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Mm. So if you need rest, run to the Lord. He says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He does want to give you that rest. And my Bible dictionary described that verse as... Um, saying that this rest is a, a rest from weariness. And so if you are weary, um, know that you can run to the Father and mm-hmm. he does want, want to lighten your burden mm-hmm. for you and mm-hmm. lighten uh, the yoke and help you through this time of weariness. It's mm. beautiful. Well, Susie, you had posed a question a few weeks ago to some of your leadership teams about how we're stewarding our time well, and just for some examples of that. And um, I was taking notes during that. Uh, With their permission, I wasn't secretly recording. So um, I have a few of the the ladies' notes of how they are choosing to steward their time well as we're in September and getting, um, things are picking back up for most of us. So um, here's our list and, yeah, this is, these are women from all different walks of life. So uh, one woman shared that she is actually looking forward to getting back into a routine and feeling like she has more control over her schedule. Um, she's choosing not to get back to people right away when they need her, when they feel like they need her, um, and just allowing, um, allowing some time in between um, maybe that urgent text to help them perhaps solve solve problems on their own um, or to wait nicely. As I tell my children, just wait nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, one woman shared that she has been convicted recently about being in a holy huddle and just being surrounded by only Christians. And this woman um, decided actually she was going to be intentional about ministering to non-believers and specifically high school students. Um, so that was that was pretty amazing, actually. Uh, one woman shared that she actually has time opened up this year unexpectedly and that she wants to surrender that time to the Lord before taking any new things on and asking God to lead her with that unexpected gift, really. Uh, another woman shared that she is weeding out the dead branches in her life and clearing out fruitless endeavors. She is looking, seeking the Lord for discernment to know which friendships to move on from as well. Another woman shared that she is surrendering all areas of her life to the Lord, including parenting, marriage, and work. Uh, There was another uh, woman who has a young family and she is stewarding her time with her children, um, she's she's being intentional about having special time with each of her children and has a, a scheduled babysitter to come so that she has quality time with her husband as well on a regular basis. 
another woman shared that she is saying no to some things, even good things, even ministry, um, in order to preserve her schedule. Um, also making time for the Lord during travels. So it's not a vacation from faith as well. And, um, I've chosen to steward my time. I drive a lot throughout the week. Uh, I have about a 30 minute, um, drive time. And a lot of that time is with my kids in the car. And so I try to steward that time by using it for quiet prayer. So, so sometimes the mornings are early and the kids have, they like to have their, um, music on. Actually, they put their headphones on and, and they listen to worship so if they all are quiet, I'll use that time for prayer or I'll put on my own worship music. Um, usually after school, we'll have, we'll have godly discussions. What did you guys learn? You know, what, all those things. Um, and I do enjoy my quiet mornings for Bible study before mm-hmm. all the distractions happen. So that was our list. And I don't know, Susie, if you had anything to add to that. No, I think it's great. I think having scheduled time to uh, have time with the mm-hmm. Lord, like you said, and and we're reserving our Sundays for mm-hmm. worship. Mm-hmm. I think a trend in this society is to take Sundays off and to use it to go to sports events or to family outings, whatever it might be. They might not even be bad things, but right. we should not take these things and 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 use Sundays as our time to to do the things that we should have maybe implemented throughout the week mm-hmm. reserve our Sundays for worship and I think a lot of people are beginning to be lazy with that mm. and so I think very important uh, to be intentional about reserving Sundays to worship the Pretty Lord God's family. yeah yeah mm-hmm. the church family very important We want to thank everyone for listening today and uh, to invite you to join us again as we rebuild biblical womanhood from the foundation up.